morning. All right, we're so glad that you're here today to worship with us, and uh, some of you, this might be your first time with us. I'm so glad that you came to worship. Uh, my name is Pastor Scott, and, and uh, we're just glad that you're here. And uh, in your uh, program, you should have received one as you came in, look like this. Um, inside the program, it's a little connection card. We actually take a minute and uh, fill us out, let us, fill it out, let us know about your time with us this morning. And then at the end of the service, we have an offering. And the only thing we ask of you is that you drop that card in the basket and let us know about your visit with us. And so thank you for coming. And um, a couple of things I just want to highlight before we dive into the message. Um, we've got 40 plus teenagers um, at camp this weekend. And, uh, and there's four youth leaders, God bless their soul, um, have mercy on them, please. You know, they're out there at Spring Hill Camp this weekend, and I got a report from our youth pastor, Jonah, and uh, last night, and said, man, God is working in the hearts of our teenagers, and, uh, and, and that's, that's awesome to hear. love to hear that God is moving, that God is doing something um, in the hearts of our kids, and they'll be traveling back this afternoon, so make sure you be in prayer for them. And I um, also want to highlight last Sunday after the second service, um, we had our membership class. We had a good number of people that came just to know more about our church and what, what that means to be a partner with Lake Point. We had like 15 uh, people that took that step, next step of becoming members. We had, um, and then we had four people that took the next step in salvation. They never knew Jesus and they became a follower of Christ last Sunday afternoon. Isn't that awesome? And, and, and then we had nine people that realized, you know, I need to take the next step in believers' baptism. Nine people out of that class. And uh, so, yeah, give it up for them. That's great. We have baptism coming up on March 1st, uh, Sunday, March 1st. And uh, I know we already have some others that are interested in getting baptized. And uh, we're baptizing both services. And um, we got um, next Sunday after church, next Sunday we have a class for kids and their parents. You know, so if you're a parent and you've got a child that's asking questions about salvation or maybe they, maybe they got saved but wants to know more about what baptism is, next Sunday after the second service, we got a class called Jump Start. We want to help your kids understand or know what it means to be a, a Christian and then help them understand what baptism means. And uh, so we're going to feed them pizza, parents, and kids, both. We'll feed you pizza, and then we'll have an hour class. And, and here's what we want to do. We want to partner, our church wants to partner with the parent. And we want the parent to be involved in the greatest decision that your child can ever make. We want to help you, parents, we want to help you, not just parent your child, we want to help you disciple your child. And, and we want you to be a part of that. And, uh, and, and so that's next Sunday. So if, if you're thinking about it, I know my wife and I, we're going to be with a little seven-year-old. And, and uh, she turns seven today. That's right. That's right. So she's going to be uh, going to the class. That seven. My little, little groundhog is what I call her. She's my little groundhog because she was born on Groundhog Day. Anyway, um, 
Um, so anyway, she's going to be with us next Sunday in that class. Not that, you know, she's heard it from the preacher, but I thought, you know, you didn't hear it from somebody else, and I just want to be with her. I want her to get it out, take it all in, and, and, um, and, and understand what baptism means. And that's uh, so important. So, so important. And so if you're interested, sign up on the back of your connection cards and say, hey, I want to come. Bring your elementary. We have child care provided for, like, if you have little ones. And that would be a great time next Sunday. Well, if you were with us last Sunday, we started a message series called The Grudge. The Grudge. I want to warn you that today could be a little bit challenging. It be a, a difficult topic. And the good news is that the best things are always on the other side of the difficult things. And I want us to uh, pray that we would um, work through this today. I want to ask some questions. Um, I want to ask some questions here that, you know, might be very personal, but I want you to answer it in your heart. I want you to pray about what that is, or maybe you already know what it is. But here's some questions. Who in your life, who in your life has betrayed you? Betrayed you. Who lied to you or lied about you? Who in your life has mistreated you, took advantage of you? Now, last week, we, we talked about letting go of the small little petty stuff that just, you know, gets in our way. And, and we talk about how to respond, and respond in love. And we say, you know, between every action of a, another person, there's a reaction on how you react. And in between the action and reaction, there's a gap. And you get to choose what's in the gap. You get to choose whether you respond in anger or hatred, you know, eye for eye, you know, I'm going to get them, or do you respond with love? And we talk about the small stuff, those little dumb stuff that, we just, that gets under our skin. And we just talk about getting over those little offenses uh, with love and get over it. We talk about getting over it. But today's topic, I want to talk about those things that that's not something I can just tell you, get over it. Just get over it. Because we're talking about some very deep-seated wounds or hurts in our lives. And now realize that today it's a process, a process. Something that's happened to you that's very, very painful when you were betrayed or by someone that you attracted or someone that you loved or admired. Who betrayed you? Who betrayed you? It could have been a roommate that stole something from you. It could have been a kid in school that bullied you or that said something about you online. Or it could have been a boyfriend that lied to you or lied about you. Uh, it could have been a dad that you simply wanted to please. And no matter what you did, he always made you felt insignificant and small. It could have been a, a spouse that you trusted and you believed in. And then that spouse betrayed your trust and your heart is broken because your trust has been broken, been betrayed. It, it, it could have been an authority figure in your life, someone that you admired, someone that you trusted, someone that should have protected you. But that person did it and instead they did something inappropriate. And in their twisted, sick way, they somehow made you feel like it was actually your fault. That's the stuff we're talking about. Who betrayed you? Who hurt you? Here's another question. Do we really need to forgive something like that? 
Do we really forgive the unforgivable things that happen? And if we're supposed to, then how in the world do we do it? How? How? How do we forgive the unforgivable? How do I let go of this grudge that I'm carrying? That's just making me miserable. Make me miserable. So I want to discuss today, I just want to talk about, and I want to discuss this idea of forgiveness and how to deal with bitterness, how to let go of bitterness. There are a couple of things I want to talk about. If you're looking at your handout notes, the first thing we want to talk about is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness causes collateral damage. Collateral damage. There was a tribe of Indians in the 1950s that anthropologists were studying and were watching, and a tribe of Indians called what? Wadani, I might have pronounced it wrong, but okay, just work with me. The Wadani Indians might be the way it is, but maybe it's not, okay? But this, uh, this tribe of Indians were the most violent tribe or a violent group of people on the face of the planet. They were known to kill each other for revenge. You know, so if you offend somebody in that tribe, there was a good chance that you were going to be speared by someone. And they were spearing each other, killing each other at an alarming rate that by 1955, this group of tribes, this native tribes, um, were almost non-existent. And we look at that and we think, man, it's crazy. A culture of revenge. Culture of revenge, and it's insane to think that it's okay to spear a person if they wrong you. But think about it. We live in a culture of resentment, and it's just as crazy. Now, it may not be the proper thing to do to spear a person when they wrong you physically, but we spear them by holding on to our hurt, holding on to our bitterness, holding on to our resentment. We hold on to the spirit of bitterness when we refuse to forgive. And it's just as insane that these natives were doing. Because bitterness never works. Bitterness it never rights the wrong. Bitterness never solves the situation and it will never make you feel better. And we think that if we hold on to our hurt, that we're actually getting back to that other person. We think that. We think that if we hold on to our bitterness, that we're getting revenge on the person that, heard, that wronged us. We think that if we hold on to the spear of bitterness, that we are spearing the person who's hurting us. But you see, whenever I use the spear of bitterness, it doesn't hurt the person who wronged me. It only hurts me. It only hurts me. And some of you, you've been hurt by someone in your past, and you're refusing. You are refusing to forgive, and, you're, and you think about holding on to that hurt, that resentment, that building up. And you think that by doing that, that you're getting back at them. But the truth is, they're not, whoever that person is, they're not even thinking about you. They're not even thinking about you. They've gone on with their life and you're not hurting them at all. 
You're just allowing them to hurt you all over again and again and again. It's a cycle, and you're allowing them to spear you every time when you refuse to forgive. It only hurts me when I don't let go. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, the Bible says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Collateral damage. Not only does it hurt you, but it affects many. It defiles many. It affects others, the relationship. It affects the people that don't even know about the situation. And your, and your family is broken because of your hurt, of the bitterness that you bring. And nobody wants to be around you. Collateral damage. Look what Jesus said. He said it in the Lord's Prayer. You all know the Lord's Prayer. You know, we all memorize it and we say it, but, you know, sometimes we say the Lord's Prayer, but we actually don't know what it says. And there's a powerful truth here. I mean, we, the Lord's Prayer starts, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And then he said in verse number 12, And forgive us, he said, forgive us our debts, or forgive us our trespasses, or forgive us of our sins as, circle that word, as we also have forgiven those who trespass or sin against us. So forgive us of our sins, God, and at the same time help us to forgive others. Let me ask you a question. When we pray the Lord's Prayer and we get to this part of the prayer, do we really want God to answer that prayer? Do we really want God to forgive me the way I need to forgive other people? I mean, listen, I love to receive forgiveness. But giving forgiveness is a whole different animal. I'm all about the receiving part, but giving it, I don't know. That's hard. That's different. It's difficult. But look what Jesus said after, after the Lord's Prayer. We often don't read this part because when we say amen the Lord's Prayer, we kind of set our peace, but Jesus had more to say about this. In verse number 14, he said, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. And that's tough words. Pretty strong words. God said, if you don't learn to forgive others, then I'm not going to forgive you. And sometimes people say to me, well, I can never forgive them. I after all they've done to me, and, and I'm saying, man, you better never sin again. Because if you're ever going to need forgiveness in the future, you better learn how to forgive others now. Because God says, if you don't learn to forgive others, then I'm not going to forgive you. And, and these are tough words. God said, man, I got so much more for you, but if you have the cloud of unforgiveness, you're, you're not going to see you're not going to see down the road of life very far. 
You're going to be held back. You're, not, you're going to totally miss what I have for you because of unforgiveness in your heart. We need to understand what forgiveness is all about. It tells you clearly to forgive. And that's the second thought here, understanding what it means. We're to forgive, but what does that mean? How do we do it? What do we do? What does it mean to forgive? And I thought, in order for us to really understand what it means, let's talk about what it doesn't mean. I'll give you a couple of thoughts here. Forgiveness, if you're taking notes, it, it's not forgetting. It's not forgetting. Another way to say it is uh, it's not pretending. It's not pretending. To forgive doesn't necessarily mean that you wipe your brain, that you have no memory, no recollection whatsoever. It's not saying it never, ever happened, that you pretend it never took place in your life. Not saying that. Not saying that you sweep it under the rug. And, and, and then, that, then you go back and, and continue to be abused and, and continue to be a doormat for that person. That's not what that's saying. You don't pretend. You know, you should, you know, you forgive someone. Yes, we should forgive, but trust takes time. No, when you forgive someone, you still have to create healthy boundaries in the situation, depending on what that is. And, and, and you see, forgiveness, it's instant. You should forgive right now, right away, but trust takes time. It takes time to rebuild trust. So it doesn't mean that you've got to jump back into a situation and get hurt again and again and again. You forgive instantly for your own sake, for your own good, but for your, but you trust, it takes time. Trust takes time. So forgiving, forgiveness is not always forgetting, not always pretending, but it's also not fair. Not fair. Nothing fair about forgiveness at all. I just let you off for no reason. And everything that you did was wrong is now gone. It's not fair. It's not natural. You see, it's fair to pay them back. It's not fair. I mean, if they, if they pop you in the cheek, it's only fair I get to pop them back. Fair. I mean, justice says I get to do something. That's fair. That's natural. That's our natural flesh. That's that's fair. Jesus said, man, we should pray for our enemies. And I said, okay, that's fair. I'll pray for my enemies. I pray you get hemorrhoids in your ears. <laughs> but I'll pray for That's fair. Forgiveness, not fair. Not natural. It's, it's number three, forgiveness, not about performance. Not about performance. Not about earning forgiveness. Nobody deserves to be forgiven. You can't earn forgiveness. That's why it's not natural to forgive. It's natural for me to hold on to my bitterness. It's natural for me to, to hold on to the sphere of resentment, the sphere of bitterness. It's supernatural to let it go, to let go of the sphere of bitterness and to forgive because nobody, nobody earns forgiveness. Well, some people say this. and say, well, you know what? I'm waiting for them to change before I even think about forgiving them. Or if I start seeing a sign of that they're tracking well, then I'll consider forgiving them. But my friend, forgiveness has never been about a performance. 
not about performance. So what is forgiveness? I love Ephesians 4, verse 31 and 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. And then he said, be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Bottom line, forgiveness, if you're taking notes, it's giving others what God gave us in Christ. Forgiveness is offering to other people the same grace that God has offered to us. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, let me ask you this. Have you ever been forgiven of anything? Have you ever been forgiven? Have you ever experienced grace that you didn't deserve? Have you ever received the mercy and the goodness of our God? And see, I don't know what you've been forgiven of, but I know in my life I've been forgiven of some things. I've been forgiven of, of stealing and lying and cheating and having lustful thoughts or hateful thoughts or, or doing hurtful things and betraying people. And I've experienced forgiveness. I've experienced mercy from God and forgiveness because of Jesus. I didn't have to perform for the forgiveness of God in my life. I didn't have to go earn it because, I, I, frankly, I couldn't. I've fallen short of the glory of God and God's perfection. The forgiveness is given to others. The very same thing that God has given to us. It's the power of the gospel right here. In other words, the gospel isn't just receiving forgiveness, but it's giving forgiveness. That's the power. It's not just the getting it. It's the giving forgiveness. I'll say it like this. Forgiveness doesn't just flow to us. It flows. That disciples of Jesus Christ, forgiveness flows through us. Not just to us, but it flows through us. It's undeserved mercy, undeserved grace, undeserved goodness to us that continues to flow through us. Forgiveness doesn't just flow and stop where we're at. It, it goes through us. And my question for you this morning is, how's your flow? How's your flow? That's the Lord's prayer. I mean, we, we see this. It's to forgive us of our trespasses, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Do, do we really pray for that? Do we really pray and say, God, forgive me just like I forgive them? Do we pray that? Say, do we pray, God, forgive me as I forgive my boss that I can't stand? God, forgive me like I, for, like I forgive my ex-spouse to whom I just put tack under her tires. <laughs> forgive me like I forgive others. Do we pray that? I mean, we're all about the getting, but do we give it? How's your flow? It's for some of us, we've got to let go of the spirit of bitterness because it's affecting you and it's holding you back 
or where God wants you to go. In order to do that, you've got to allow the forgiveness of God to flow to us and through us. And here's what happens when we forgive. Here's the third point. We discover healing and freedom when you forgive. So we see it self-inflicting. We see the collateral damage that it causes. We see what forgiveness is about. But the difficult part of this is now to implement it, is to do it. It, 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 Okay, I know it. And how do you take head knowledge and make your heart knowledge and actually do it? That's the difficult part. My wife, she shared a quote with me a couple weeks ago. She knew I was about to tackle the topic on forgiveness. It's a quote on your handout. She said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. To forgive is to set the prisoner free and to realize that all along, the prisoner was you yourself. We have to release. We have to let go of the spirit of bitterness. And some of you have been holding on to it for a long time. Some of you, you've been holding on to it for years, and it's hurting everything in your life, and it's time to let go. God says, I know you've been wounded deeply, and I know that you've been hurt, and I love you, and I want to heal the wound, but you've got to let go. You've got to let go and let God's love fill you up and begin the healing process to heal the deep wounds of your heart. The process. Now, how do you let go? How do you do it? How do I let go of the spirit of bitterness? Well, you have to choose to forgive. You've got to choose to do it. You've got to make a choice to do this. You see, forgiveness, it's not about a feeling. Not about feeling, because you never feel like forgiven. You never feel it. Forgiveness doesn't depend on your feeling. Thank God. Thank God it doesn't depend on my feeling. It is based on a choice. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He was helping them understand that they would be hurt, that they would be disappointed, that they would be betrayed. And this is what he said in verse 1. He said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. It's going to happen. You're going to get hurt. He said, but woe to anyone through whom they come. So Jesus said, it's going to happen. You're going to be hurt. And then he said in verse 3, he said, watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. In other words, let's just not pretend like it didn't happen. Don't pretend. Let's confront them. Let's deal with it. Followers of Jesus Christ, we, we look for reconciliation. We want to make things right. But then Jesus said something that's challenging. He said in verse 4, even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times they come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The disciples are hearing this, and perhaps they're thinking the same thing that they're thinking. They say, you know, if they, you know, cause a sin against me one time in a day, okay, I could forgive. Two times? I don't know. Three times? No way. Uh, maybe I'll forgive them three times in my life, but in one day? Uh-uh. I've got lines. I, you, you're crossing some lines here, and Jesus said, hey, Seven times in one day. 
You must forgive. You need to let go of this spirit of bitterness. When the disciples are hearing this, and I think they were blown by this, because here's how they responded in verse 5. They said, Lord, increase our faith. In other words, God, we can't do this on our own. We can't possibly have that kind of a heart of forgiveness on our own. We need faith. Increase our faith. We need more faith to do that. And, and, and this is the heart of today's message. It's not about your feelings. It's not about my feelings because we'll never feel like forgiven. It's having the faith to forgive. Jesus was saying that we forgive as many times as it takes before the memory fades away. That is, when the hurt comes to my mind, I say, God, I choose to forgive them by your power and by your grace. I don't feel like it, but I choose to. And you've got to make that choice to choose to forgive. And I, and I know that this message this morning brings up so many significant wounds. And I hope there's no part of you that hears me say that this is easy, because not. None of this is easy. Easy is to hold a grudge. That's easy. Easy is to carry a, 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 a to live in bitterness. That's easy. Easy is to wish the worst for someone who deserves something bad. Easy. Easy. Easy is to continue to plot, to rehearse what they did, to rehearse what you're saying next time you're there. That's easy. Easy. And to let the devil continue to destroy your relationship. Easy. Easy is to walk in hatred and unforgiveness. You see, forgiveness is not easy. To let go of the spear of bitterness is not easy. It takes faith to forgive. God, increase our faith. Increase our faith. What does faith do? Faith enables me to see an opportunity for freedom where others only see an opportunity for revenge. That's what faith does. Helps us see the opportunity for freedom for your soul. Where other people, because other people in your voice, they say, man, you don't let them get by. Don't let them get away with it. Revenge. And faith says, you know what? I'm better than that. By the power of God, and I need his help. I need his strength. I need his help to do something that I can't do naturally. I need a supernatural power of God in my life to forgive. Because of what Christ has done in my life and what he did for me. I don't want to just receive forgiveness. I want to give forgiveness. I want the forgiveness of God to flow through me to others. That's faith. Seeing that, man, life is better when you let go. I started early in the message about that tribe in South America and Ecuador. The story continues. The most savage group of people in the world. Five men. 1956, five missionaries cared enough, loved enough 
say, you know, let's fly down there. Let's show love and compassion. Let's show them a different way of living. Let them, let them know who Jesus is. And only five men, two of them we know, uh, they're pretty famous names. Name Nate Saint and Jim Elliott. In January of 1956, in the early part of January, they landed on the river in that jungle to try to make first contact with the tribe. They brought food and medical supplies. And some of the people from the tribe came out, some of the natives. They were very skeptical. They had their spears. And, and they could see that there was something different about these five men. They were the first white people they've ever seen in their lives. They couldn't communicate the language, but they saw the heart. They saw the gifts. They were accepting of the gifts. Five men, they flew back to home base to their young families. Said, hey, we made contact. We believe that God is doing something. We're going to start making a bridge to the tribe of people. So they flew back a week later, less than a week later. They flew back, landed their plane on that same spot that they flew the first time. Bought more food, more medical supplies. But only this time, when they landed, the five men were met with hostility from the tribe. With all their spears in their hands, attacked those five missionary men. And they were killed along the shore and the river in the jungle of South America. The news broke out. In fact, it was major, major news. In the 1956, Life magazine, Time magazines, every national outlet, news media, broadcasting about these five men killed by the tribe. And they would talk about, man, we're gonna go in there and we're gonna wipe out that tribe. They were gonna wipe out those, the natives. A lot of hatred, a lot of ugliness that was happening. They went in, retrieved the bodies. They had the funerals. But something happened. Into the story. See, those five wives, the widows, they could have flown back to the United States we start their lives with their little children. But they felt that the Holy Spirit was telling them to forgive. To forgive the killers and to go back to the jungles. And so those five ladies, they flew into the jungles to the very same people that killed their husbands share the gospel and today that tribe of people still active 99% of them are followers of Jesus Christ the five ladies didn't quit the mission that their husband started one of those children of the dad that was slain his name is Steve Saint 
Steve Stang was eight years old when his dad died. In fact, he never went back to the jungle right away. He went to seminary. His mom was doing ministry work in the jungles of South America and Ecuador. And he thought he would never set foot in the jungle. And God started working Steve's heart as a young man. He too needed to let go of forgiveness. And so he joined his mama, went to the jungles. He became friends with one of the head tribal leaders named Minka. Developed a great relationship, started learning their language. Over time, developed a really good relationship with Minka. And Minka, one day, wanted to tell Steve, show Steve something that he's never seen before. So Minka said to follow him, and he took Steve to the beach where his dad was slain. And Minka got on his knees, started digging up in the sand of that shore. And he had, in a hole that he found, with buried items that belonged to Steve's dad. And Steve's kind of curious, what was going on? What's happening? And Minka with tears down his face. Looked at Steve. And he's on his knees now. This is Steve, I've never told you this. But I'm the one that took this spear and took your dad's life. And it's been my upbringing that when I wrong a person, there's payback. And I know I deserve to die. I deserve for you to take this spear and to take me down right here. And Steve got the spear in his hand, tears down his face. And it was a defining moment for him because at that moment, he let go of the spear of bitterness and saw the man that killed his dad and forgave him. And today, they're doing ministry together, sharing the gospel of the grace of God because that forgiveness not only went to them, but it flowed through them. See, faith enables us to see the opportunity for freedom. And some of you here today, you just need to see freedom. You need freedom. Quit looking for revenge. Let go and see freedom. The best healing happens on the other side of pain. The best healing, some of you need healing for your soul. You need healing. And let me say this, forgiveness, it doesn't change the past. Forgiveness doesn't change what he did or what she said. It doesn't change the betrayal. But forgiveness, it changes your soul. Forgiveness, it changes your future. For some of you, you say, God, you say, God, I just can't do it. And I pray that today, that you look up and say, God, increase my faith. Help me to let go. 
to let go. Help me to forgive. Help me to forgive. In the next minute here, I, want, I believe I think will be a, a time of healing for many of you. And I believe this next few minutes may be one of the most sacred things you've done in a long time, a holy moment. What I want you to do is to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to do something for me. I'm going to ask you to, for you in this room to take your hands and make a fist. And go ahead, put it up. Make a fist. Sometimes I do this when I pray. When I pray, I, I do things that physically, as a reminder to God, a reminder to me. I want you to take a fist and, and, and your clenched fist right now. It represents, it represents unforgiveness. It represents something that you're holding on to. Resentment, anger that you're dealing with. That's what this represents. And remember, forgiveness, talk about this. It's doing for others what God did for you. But the biblical word for the word forgive literally means to let go, to be released. To be released. My question for you this morning, who do you need to let go? Who do you need to let go, to release? Who is it that, that hurt you? Who put you? Who betrayed you? It could be the person next to you. It could be that person you're going to see at work tomorrow. It, it, it could be that person, a, a family member, maybe someone that passed away a long time ago. It may be a person that you don't even know who it is, but they've caused harm to you and your family. And as a physical sign to ourselves and to God, what I want you to do is to undo your fears. And I want you to pray to yourself. Say, God, I forgive them. That canceled. I release them. And by saying this, your hands up. Say, God, I'm not minimizing what happened. I'm not minimizing. I'm not forgetting. I'm not pretending it never took place. But God, I'm just doing what you want me to do so that I can discover the best that you have for me. You have an awesome plan, an awesome agenda for my life, and I want to be able to see it clearly, but I can't see it with unforgiveness in my life. See, God, forgiveness is not natural. Because of your power, I need your help to do the supernatural to forgive. I just need to have the faith to do it. So, God, I open up my hand to you. I release them to you. God, help me. Increase my faith this week, this morning. God, I let go. God, I let go. And I pray in this moment. I pray. No, it's not easy. I pray for you in this moment that healing begins, whatever that might be. It might not happen over, over the next couple of minutes. It might take time. I pray that today you begin to walk where God wants you to go because you've let go of the spirit of bitterness.